the fact that kids are watching instead of doing. Okay. They are being entertained instead of learning to initiate. So in other words, we're going to talk about toys. I love toys, so I'm excited. Let's, okay. Let's talk. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting podcast, where we aim to help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why, so that you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host and the person who asks all the hard questions, and we have to have someone who can answer all the hard questions, and that is the one, the only, Kim Cross. Oh, thank you, Jesse. Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here, Jesse. I am also glad, and for those of you who are audio only, I have walked into the studio, and Kim has set up Legos, a battleship game, some trains, and a bunch of other toys. So I am very intrigued on what we are talking about today. No podcast today. You just get to play. Yes. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, today's topic is called Child's Play. Ooh. But it's not what you think. It never is, is it with me, Jesse? It's not that horror movie with the weird <laughs> creepy doll in it? It is not. Okay, no, no, no. We're going to SEO into some very weird categories <laughs> in this title. <laughs> well, we're going to actually talk about three things today. So the first one is basic child development. Okay. Very basic. Learning that is essential that has to happen in those first early four years of life. Okay. And then... The fact that kids are watching instead of doing. Okay. They are being entertained instead of learning to initiate. So in other words, we're going to talk about toys. I love toys, so I'm excited. Let's, okay. Let's talk. Let's do it. So before we get into the developmental details, let's talk about what toys we grew up with and what did we play with and what did we learn as kids. So I thought I'd just set the tone a little bit because I'm older than you are. So okay. I ha we had probably very different toys, would very be my different assumption. toys, but okay. I won't get into brand names or specifics, but here's, here's how I grew up. So played outside a lot, mostly because I lived in a state with a lot of warm temperature. So that's great. But we did a lot of building. We built forts. We used empty cardboard boxes, furniture around the house, blankets, masking tape, that kind of stuff. Um, cared for a lot of animals. So we every Easter, we got baby everything. Baby, baby everything. everything. Little ducklings and all kinds of stuff. But we played with blocks, cars, played in sandboxes with dolls, roller skated, jump roped, swam, did role plays like pretend little stores and restaurants and little post mm. offices, things like that. Learned to sew, cook, did puzzles, dancing, reading, coloring, gardening, uh, raised tadpoles to frogs, butterflies from caterpillars. I mean, it was a lot of doing. So that was my All basic childhood. Yeah. I grew up, I'm kind of on that weird cusp of, I am part of that unique generation that had a part of their childhood without computers and all the technology stuff, and then was kind of the first one to really start adopting it. So growing up in my, 
as a child child, like, you know, under the age of 10, I had like Ninja Turtles and Ninja Turtle action figures. I was very into Ninja Turtles, um, <laughs> but lots of different toys and things that we would play with. Um, we did some like card games, like collectible card games was a big thing when I was younger. So like the Pokemons and stuff like that. We did some of that stuff, um, but we had a lot of different toys. And then around my when i was 10 11 is when they really started hitting hard on schools to start teaching you computer skills and so that's when i started shifting my focus into maybe a little more video game stuff or or computer so i kind of got a little bit of both where i i got a little bit of technology growing up and then a little bit of the uh more outdoor yeah do play I'll put it in perspective. I brought an electric typewriter to college. An electric typewriter? <laughs> didn't I have don't even know what that is. Yet. Is that different than a regular typewriter? <laughs> yes, it is. So, you know, there's the therein lies a huge difference, right? Okay. Of how we grew up and why I'm so bad at technology. <laughs> okay. But uh, I wanted to start in with the more serious topics here in a second and give credit to the experts. Okay. So information today is based a lot on Eric Erickson. If you're in the child development world or psychology world, you'll know who he is. He wrote a book called The Eight Stages of Man. And then I also am referring to a book called Meeting the Challenge, which is by Faye uh, Klein and Sorensen. And it's about developing attention and behavior skills. So as a child and family development major myself in college, I learned about critical developmental stages of early childhood and what needs to occur for proper development, learning, mental health. I mean, that was... That was my world, okay? okay? And in these early developmental milestones, if they don't happen, it affects the child and the family for the rest of their life. So it was, it was a pretty in-depth study of the importance of that brain development in those early years. Mm. So I wanted to start with a quote from the, one of the books I mentioned, Meeting the Challenge. And the quote is this, in almost all professional observers, in both the fields of education and child therapy, it is unanimous that there is an epidemic problem that affects the learning ability of America's children. That's a heavy statement. That is a big statement. So epidemic problem. Epidemic. I mean, epidemic. Yes. And so over the last 30 years or 38 years of being uh, a parenting coach, I have absolutely seen this transition or this change. I used to see respectful and what I called pro productive children. I now see a, a lack of basic discipline, lack of empathy, the inability to focus and be patient, increased anxiety and chaos, lack of structure and perseverance, and a lack of initiative and motivation in kids. And this even leads to depression and, and sometimes a failure to launch. So this greatly concerns me. It's, it's my what I've done my whole life. But I know that it's a concern for all those parents out there and teachers and even employers because we are seeing a shift. We are seeing a change. So my question for you, Jesse, is what skills do you need in order to be successful in your job, sort of life in general and in relationships? I mean, as a communications major in college, my default answer would be communications. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I mean, I say that jokingly, but I, I do say that communications is probably one of the key ones, but then probably work ethic, like willing to work through stuff, whether it's in a relationship or in work, you don't just give up at a moment's notice. And then sure. maybe, uh, I mean, I think to really be successful, like you have to be able to have fun. Like if you're just slogging your entire life, 
That's why I think we have so many uh, medications these days to deal with people not being happy is because we've taken away all the joy from people's lives in the way we've situated the culture. So Yeah, I think that's part of it as well. And the list I came up with that I don't, you know, we never rehearse this. So this no. is something that you have not I just walk seen. into toys on the table. So <laughs> this is how you, much I know. You when never you know in. what's going to happen in here. But I, I, there's a list of things that I wrote down. We need to be have the, the skill to ask questions, to explore ideas and things and options, to practice our gross and our fine motor skills, exercise initiative and motivation. I know you need that in your job, and I know you, we need that in relationships and life in general. To be challenged and be able to solve what we call real problems. Think analytically. Exercise some imagination, right? Practice good communication skills. There it is, Jesse. Be creative and or constructive, and then improve good attention and focus skills. We, we improve on those things. Those are just a few of the things I wrote down here mm. because they weave very nicely into what we're going to be talking about today. So we talked about developmental stages. Let's dive in. We're going to look at just the first year of life, so basically zero to 11.11 months of age. 11.11? Just shy of a year, okay? <laughs> so during the first year of life, it has been estimated that half of a lifetime's knowledge will be gained. That's a huge statement. That is a lot. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So in one year, you're going to learn half of what, of you what you're going to learn in a lifetime. Life. Yeah. And we look at them as these helpless little infants that aren't doing a whole lot, right? they're doing a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. So during the first year, the infant has to organize visual perception, how they th see things and put that together. Auditory reception, understanding what sounds mean, good, bad, and then starting to lay the basics for language. Mm -hmm. They learn reciprocal responses. So if you smile at a baby, eventually they learn to what? Smile back, right? They develop either a loving or a conflicted relationship with their caregivers. And then they use the foundation of that first year to develop gross motor skills. That's just to name a few. Okay. okay. If the environment doesn't provide the right stimulation or infants or toddlers are neglected, and even studies have shown that the child for all intents and purposes goes through that, they will grow up functionally delayed, if wow. not stuck. Okay, that's just that first year. So unfortunately, we have millions of young kids who are not being exposed to what we call the appropriate environmental stimulation at the necessary developmental age. This includes, unfortunately, abuse and neglect, which we're not going to talk about today. But even chaotic, traumatic environments where there's a lot of yelling or lack of limits or it's unpredictable can actually prevent learning from occurring. Mm. So that first year is critical in the development of the foundation for everything else. So I thought I'd break down the four big pillars of critical learning in the first year that have to occur in a loving, consistent environment. Okay. And believe it or not, these four things are pillars that build society. That's how important that first year's brain development can be for the rest of their life that impacts the rest of us. Okay. So number one, kids have to understand what causal thinking is. So 
An infant will learn that one act can cause another. If I cry, somebody comes and feeds me. Mm -hmm. If I have a wet diaper, somebody comes and relieves that uncomfortableness for me. So they link the ability to plan action or to initiate. I need to do something so something else happens. Okay. Okay. The number two one is foundation for a conscience. That actually is formed early, early in that first year of life. So empathy is to put ourselves in another person's shoes, so to speak, or to think about how they must be feeling. And this requires consistent nurturing and loving responses, typically from a a mother figure, right? So only people with a conscience later on can feel remorse, feel guilty, feel like, oh, I think I need to mend my ways. We think about the people that never develop a conscience and what that is producing in our culture. Right. And we're seeing that, unfortunately. All right. Number three is basic trust. We want to know that we generally feel we can get along with other people and that we care about other people because we are cared for as an infant. That's where that comes from. And then the last one is the ability to delay gratification, persistence, perseverance, and planning pay off. So having patience that this will happen and Immediate gratification really makes waiting impossible because it basically says, I want it. I want it now. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to make a good decision. I'm going to make an impulsive decision, which typically doesn't end real well. So those are four critical things that have to occur in that first year of life. That's a lot to happen, which also, I mean, I feel like most of this typically happens naturally, but you probably just need to make sure you're being intentional about it though, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So I thought we'd shift now into year two. Um, and a lot of times you hear that, oh, they're two years old, the terrible twos, right? Ever heard yeah, that? I've heard of that. I, everyone that has kids tells me that threes are worse, but, uh, <laughs> but they, it doesn't have the same ring as terrible twos. Well, I can explain why it gets worse at the threes here in just a minute, <laughs> but it can be terrible if they don't learn discipline. The whole focus of the year two for parents is to teach discipline. So zero to two years old is basically about needs. But when they turn two, it's all about their wants. They discover the word no, right? Yes. Which therein lies. That's, the there's the issue. <laughs> the word no comes out and then you have all kinds of problems. Now what do you do, right? Okay. So in that second year, children learn or need to learn discipline and respect limits and rules. They also need to learn to respect a loving external authority figure. Okay. Okay. The child needs to have the ability to respond lovingly to the requests of others so that parents can encourage and, and kind of permit eventually that independence, which is what a two-year-old wants. Mm. They want independence, but we can't let them have independence if they haven't learned that life is full of uh, limits and boundaries. Right. That discipline has to come first. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So I always say we need to learn to follow before we can lead and changing the description from the terrible twos to the terrific twos is possible because we do that through teaching discipline. Okay. 
Okay. That's why if they don't learn it as a two-year-old, it is worse when they're three. (laughs) They compound. They do. So what we know is that what we call disobedient toddlers who don't respond to their parents' requests actually live in anxiety because they think they're the boss. Is a two-year-old equipped to be the boss? No. Absolutely not. So this means that limits and boundaries are murky. They're uncertain. And the parents get frustrated because parents think, well, wait a second. I'm supposed to be in charge, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. This two-year-old is in charge. And then the parent's anxiety and the child's anxiety start to mirror one another. And now you've got all kinds of chaos, anxiety, frustration, inconsistency, inconsistency rather, and predictability is lost. And now this anxiety can actually slow learning. It leads to impulsive behavior. It leads to chaos. And now we've got a world of dysfunction. Mm. Make sense? Yes. Okay. I'm going to shift to three and four year olds. And this is where these toys come in, Jesse. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't <laughs> understand <laughs> what the toys have to do with the things we're talking about we so far, but going I figure there. it'll get there eventually. <laughs> we're here. All right. So in year three and four, which are the preschool years, their entire focus and the focus of a parent needs to be teaching initiative and industry. Okay. Okay. So this leads to autonomy, which leads to more freedom. But freedom, as I always say, has limits to it, right? You always have to have freedom and responsibility need to go together. Mm -hmm. All right. So preschoolers need to learn to work at mastering a task, learning new things. They need to take pleasure in what we call attacking and conquering a task. They need to work and to accomplish something so that there is some purpose. So I have a train set sitting out, and it's purposely not put together. So a three- and a four-year-old would want to connect those pieces, build it so it works, put the train on it, and actually master that task and do something so that they stick to it and they've actually accomplished something. Right. Okay. So today's preschoolers, unfortunately, aren't doing things. They're not working at mastering a task over time. So if it gets challenging, they keep going. They try new ways to approach it. They don't give up. They persevere, right? But this um, inability to do this actually is fading because we have three- and four-year-olds spending way too much time being entertained on screens. Mm. They're not learning grit and tenacity. They're not learning perseverance and doing things. So most of the toys promoted today center around what we call sensory input or basic gross motor skills. Well, if we go back what we talked about in the two-year-old, those gross motor skills, the foundation is pretty much laid as they're learning to, to talk and to walk and to move and to think do things. But gross motor skills lead, lead to fine motor skills, which is required with all the things I have on this table, but I digress. So let's, let's talk about (laughs) encouraging creativity, um, being task focused, getting a job completed or mastered. So toys like I grew up with Tinker Toys, Lincoln Logs, Legos, Alphabet Blocks. Those are not big sellers today. Mm -mm. In fact, um, most of the things that sell today have a screen. 
They're focused on what we call sensory input, and it's it's not the hand-eye coordination. It's not sorting and building and writing and reading and things. My the toys I grew up with were what I put into a category of verbs. They had to do with do. Unfortunately, a lot of the toys that we're seeing today are the opposite. Often, uh, today's parents are spending time with their kids, not building and doing, but relaxing and being entertained. Now, this is not everybody, but we're seeing a huge trend. Preschoolers today are watching an average of over 30 hours of TV every week. And TV is very passive. You just Mm -hmm. sit, right? You're being entertained. Right. Many young kids spend more time watching TV today than they spend with their parents. Mm, That's a little daunting, isn't it? It's a little bit of a problem. All right. So if we're watching TV, we have to ask ourselves, if kids are being entertained and they're just interacting with a screen, but mostly absorbing and, and just sitting, they're not asking questions. They're not exploring They're not improving gross or fine motor skills because they're just sitting. They're not exercising initiative or motivation. They're not being challenged. They're not solving problems. They're not thinking analytically. Uh, They're not practicing communication skills. They're just sitting, Mm -hmm. right? There's not a lot of dialogue. They're not building or constructing, and they're not developing attention skills. And this is a huge concern. Yeah, we're losing a lot of those fundamental things that they're needing to learn and do. And, you know, these toy producers would argue there are these opportunities in some of the toys, but a large majority of them are more the lights flash and that's about it, right? Like it's there's a, a significant decrease in the activity or, you know, even the imagination. It's like, why would I need to imagine what a Lincoln Log cabin would look like when I can just pull it up on my screen and look at it, right? Like there's no process from getting to point A to point There's B no with doing. That. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I can go into Fortnite and it's like, or whatever and do whatever, but it's like, it's still not creating those skill sets. Right. You're responding perhaps, but you're not initiating. Yeah. Right. And they actually did a, um, a little scientific experiment where they put some of those Tinker Toys, Lincoln Logs, things like that in front of today's preschoolers. And they looked at them didn't even try and just walked away like, what is that? I don't know what this is. They had no idea that this could actually be constructed into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there is so many great things. I mean, we all did it for, you know, many, many years. It's just that the shift is, is going a direction that we've recognized as not so good. And trust me, there's shifts and things that weren't so good when I was growing up too. But we correct that, right? And we we change the path we're on so that we can get back to what's healthy. So I have encouragement for parents, which is kids will actually gravitate to the toys that they know they need to learn because the skill sets are there. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? That Their is interesting. Brain, it's like baked in. Yeah. It's like they actually go for Like you wouldn't see a two-year-old go after Battleship and know what to do with that. Right. You'll see a two-year-old go after Legos and a train set and crayons all day long. Right. So we don't have to worry about that so much, but there are so many things we can provide as parents to teach our kids what they need to learn at that developmental stage you don't have to spend a lot of money, okay? An empty box uh, can do a lot of good for teaching I, initiative and I motivation. I will say an empty box, 95% is the preferred choice anyways exactly. with most children. I, My nephew, for most of his, you know, 
up till probably he was six, like he would throw out all of the toys and just play in the huge box I brought with the random things. Exactly. Because it promoted imagination, initiation, doing, I mean, they got excited. What can I do with this? They cut out doors and windows and make it a fort or whatever. Right. So, but, so we don't have to spend a lot of money, but we do need to invest the time. And that's what what breaks my heart is when parents use technology or screens or television to entertain or babysit. Mm. That means they're not spending time with their kids. Right. That's giving something else uh, the time with their kids. That's what's concerning me the most. Right. So we need to take a few minutes and maybe learn about some toys that are age appropriate and require initiative and learning, but it's not really that challenging or that difficult to do investing in the right things is going to pay off right especially in those early years Mm -hmm. we talked about the first four years are foundational to the rest so i always say it's pay now or pay later you've heard me say that on Mm -hmm. this podcast many times don't use screens to babysit or entertain your kids you know who they want to be with you right that's the beauty of parenting they want to be with you they need to be with you and we hope that parents want to do that in kind. But investing now means investing in their future. And I promise you, it will pay off. So talk to me a little bit about what can parents be doing to try to encourage these skill sets to be learned and, and things of that nature. Right. So first of all, turn off the television. (laughs) Solid first start. I think we could all learn from that. Actually, (laughs) that's not a terrible guidance for any of us. (laughs) why you pay the big money to listen to this podcast tell me to turn tell me to tell you to turn off the tv obviously reduce all screen time whether it's phones tablets whatever Mm -hmm. right provide toys that require that initiative what what we call verbs have them do something learn something and then start and finish projects with your kids that means you could even clean the garage but they're with you and you're doing and they're learning something right. in that process, right? Now, I wouldn't have a two-year-old do that, but a four-year-old Where's could probably your sense of adventure, help a little Kim? bit. <laughs> the power tools and the hurt. two-year-old are a great idea. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> great. Nobody listens to reason that. I, is there a reason I'm not a parent yet? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, that's why you're here learning. <laughs> um, have your kids create things, build things, fix things, explore things. I mean, go on a treasure hunt. Go on a walk. This is, it's really not that hard to go out and figure out things to do with mm-hmm. kids. A pile of arts and crafts. Boy, you can spend hours, right? Have meaningful dialogue with your kids. Ask questions. Talk about things. Ask their opinion. Yes, they may be very, very little. Don't underestimate how intelligent they are. Remember, they're going to learn more in one year than we learn the rest of our lives, right? right? And just because they don't have the language doesn't mean they're not learning. And then read to your kids, sing to your kids, read with and sing with your kids, starting at a very young age. Remember that early language development starts in the infancy. Mm -hmm. So even though I can't sing, I mean, I'm horrible. I would sing to my kids. Maybe that explains a lot. But And read to them. I would actually read and sing to my kids starting very young, probably around three months old. It does make a difference. It's soaking in. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us today. And I want to encourage you guys to share this podcast with your friends, especially those who are raising young kids um, who, who could benefit from learning. Hey, there is a lot going on in these first four years that you should probably be aware of. And it might 
help you make some different choices about what you're doing, right. right? And you don't want to miss out on these critical development milestones. Um, and there's a reason that we wait to start kids in, in kindergarten until age five or six, because those first four years, there's so much other stuff going on. They can't, you don't put more stuff in, in those, well, that those stuff years has to happen before, before they're they ready, for be ready for formal. Right? Yeah. Before yeah. they're ready for formal education, those things need to be in place. Kim loves to say life is learning and parenting is teaching, right? So before Correct. they even meet their first quote unquote formal teacher, you are the teacher in their life that's and that's right. part of you. So stop entertaining and start doing stuff with them. And if you're struggling with anything we talked about today, don't hesitate to reach out to Kim. She's a great resource. This podcast is a starting point for a conversation, but ultimately she is a great resource that can dive deep into what you need to be doing with your family if you are struggling with stuff. She's not gonna sit there and judge you. She's just yeah. gonna help you get results. That's one of her taglines. No judgment, just results, right? And she wants, to, uh, wants you as a parent and your children to have the best positive results as you navigate the whole process of being a family from birth until they move out and well past that. Ideally, that's the whole point. And um, we state that in the mission statement of the podcast every time is that you enjoy your time together well mm -hmm. after that and they are set to launch properly and fully and it's going to be great. So invest the time now and it's going to pay off later. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you next time here on The Lost Art of Parenting. Thank you.